0: Well, hey, good morning, everyone. My name is Toby, and uh, it's really good to be with you this morning. Uh, Happy Mother's Day again. Uh, Don't have a Mother's Day sermon per se for us this morning, but we are gonna continue along in the book of 1 Peter, this letter written by Peter the Apostle. We're into chapter two now. So uh, if you have your Bibles, please open it, turn with me there. The words are, sorry, the text will still, will be on the screen. Uh, for us. Let me read uh, from verse uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter, 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And as you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is God's word. Well, uh, we're going to jump right in uh, into these verses. And of course, we've spent the last few weeks in chapter one. And Peter continues out of those great truths that he preaches. And if you recall last week, uh, as Vic preached, he reminds us that you know the first section. You know, there's this introduction, and then uh, these first twelve verses. Peter is just talking about this amazing truth that we have uh, been born again because of Jesus. And and this one long sentence for these first twelve verses. And then he moves on to kind of finally give some commands to, uh, in in the in the grammatical sense, give imperatives. You know, kind of do's like um, put your hope fully. In Jesus, and and so we are in that mode. Um, but as you as you notice in uh, right in chapter one, it says, "So put away all malice. So put away." Literally, uh, what Peter is saying is actually not a command in the Greek. It's it's literally therefore. Uh, put putting away or therefore taking off these things and he goes on this list of you know malice hypocrisy um, evil all these things and there's a sense that Peter is continuing of course this is this is a letter that was read out loud to these churches Peter is continuing this uh from where he left off in chapter one and in that uh, he says he commands them to this these these churches these believers to Love one another from a pure heart. And he writes this, Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. This is the good news that was preached to you. They had received this news. It was preached to them. And out of that, their lives were completely different. They were completely changed. So that they were to put off. It's it's like this this natural thing because you have received this amazing. You've been born again. You have been changed completely from the inside out. You can put away these things, and literally, it's a sense of of taking something off, uh, like like perhaps when you you know come home from and you're caught in the rain and you're drenched and you just need to take that wet clothes off or maybe in you know today's uh, world where we're a bit more aware of course uh, of covid and, and and keeping things clean and sanitary maybe when you go to the grocery store and you come back you take those clothes you change those clothes because you know those those have been on the outside and peter says here uh, he instructs us he instructs these churches to take off. What is? It? What are we to take off? We are to take off. Um, first of all, he says malice, which is which is evil, which is uh, you know trouble or troublemaking. No more troublemaking. He says uh, on all deceit, malice, and all deceit. This the literally this word um, relates to the word bait. It has a sense of um, uh, baiting plotting, uh, entrapping. And I don't know if you uh, have done that before, but I mean, think in in, uh, the quiet of your mind, you know, sometimes when you uh, are offended or you take offense or you're in a position where um, you've been wronged and in your mind, you know, you just are uh, plotting. You're thinking about how to just get that person. He says, no, no, no more of that. He says to put off hypocrisy, the sense of being a two-faced, literally hypocrisy related to, you know, play actors or acting. And this is no more hypocrisy. No more envy. Uh, I found this definition of envy. You can uh, have a listen. A feeling of discontented or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. A feeling of discontented or resentful longing uh, that just just sounds wrong uh, and yet uh, from young to old we we struggle with envy and Peter says put envy away and finally he says and all slander the sense of speaking evil speaking ill behind someone's back that all has to go because you have been changed you've been born again and then he continues he's he puts this uh picture and image in our mind he says like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milks like newborn infants you know just thinking again over this year uh, just in our city gates church family, there have been newborn infants, many, you know, we uh, probably, you probably haven't met yet in person. And perhaps uh, when we do get together again, there will be many more infants. Now, I haven't been around infants uh, for for a little bit, but uh, being a, a father, I certainly remember uh, infants. And, and I am convinced, you know, the first few years of my uh, children's lives, you know, I was merely Uh, an accessory they tolerated right like uh, changing their diapers was certainly helpful to them helpful to mom uh, to Loretta but uh, honestly I really couldn't do much for them especially in those early years those months those weeks why because the thing they wanted the thing they longed for was milk it was it was and it was something I I didn't have remember uh, Peter would have been written uh, this in in a time where there there was no formula, there was no uh, there was no alternative, but uh, a mother. And he says um, we are to desire like infants, and this is what infants do. They, I mean, just think of and even even seconds and minutes, uh, birth. You know, their desire to be nourished is is this unstoppable force. And just think about you know, the the strength that they have, you know, th- they don't have much control um, over, you know, most of their body. But, but you know, I did learn that, you know, when you are holding a child and, and uh, you know, I never, I could never help them with the actual feeding. But I did find, you know, sometimes if it was a bind I could, and this is like a little secret, I guess, you can stick your pinky finger in their mouth. And, you know, first of all, it's, it's surprising how much, you know, strength there is in their in their mouths and their jaw and all that working, um, but so so you can, in, in, to some degree, you can pacify infants. You can uh, substitute for a moment a pacifier or something else, but soon enough they will desire and they will lo- they will they will no longer be happy with whatever you're offering. They need that um, sustenance that comes from milk. And this is this is the picture that um, Peter puts before us. You know, in other parts of the New Testament, uh, I think Paul talks about us being like infants, spiritual infants, and, and that's used negatively because, you know, he, he talks about uh, needing to be on solid food. And this is a sense of like we need to keep on maturing uh, and move on from spiritual milk, so to speak. But in this case, uh it's not a a negative thing peter is is meaning for us to consider what it means like an infant to long for and desire this uh pure spiritual milk as he puts it and uh interestingly enough in uh luke chapter 11 uh this person just someone from the crowd screamed something out and i don't know if you've uh, ever thought you know if you got to uh time travel to the time of Jesus and you were in the crowd what you would say uh, this one person say and Luke records it in chapter 11 he says or this person says blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nursed uh which which is not something i would have said uh and i suppose is a is a is you know a compliment to to mary you know jesus earthly mother. But this is Jesus' response to that calling out. He says, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed are those who uh, rather hear the word of God and keep it connecting against this idea of of milk and sustenance to actually the word of God. And this word uh, that is translated spiritual spirit pure spiritual milk is this uh interesting word is logikos in, in greek uh so it's not spirit as in what we might usually think of in terms of uh pneuma or pneumatos but logikos this, of, of course this relates to um logic uh or you know logos or word it conjures that up but yes it's also uh has a sense of spirituals a sense of Soul, uh, nourishing, life-giving words of wisdom. This is what it's getting at, and uh, it it you know bears to consider, uh, even as we you know think of this picture of this of, of an infant uh, longing for nourishment. Uh, as Peter puts it out for us, it's worth asking, you know, what has your spiritual diet? been like? Uh, what are you reading? What are you listening? What are you watching? Uh, what are you in taking? Uh, Brett McCracken, Brett McCracken is uh, an author. He's an editor at uh, the Gospel Coalition. He also uh, happens to be an elder at Southlands Church, which is uh, a partner with Seagates through this, uh, our family of churches uh, called Advance Movement. And in his latest book, uh, it's called the Wisdom Pyramid, and uh, this is what it writes in the first, uh, in, in the introduction. Uh, see if you can relate to this. Uh, the world has more and more information, but less and less wisdom. More data, less clarity. More stimulation, less synthesis. More distraction, less stillness. More pon- More pontificating less pondering, more opinion, less research, more speaking, less listening, more to look at, less to see, more amusements, less joy. There is more, but we are less, and we all feel it. There is this sense that we are just so full of information coming at us. And and in uh, this book, he, he refers to Uh, Another book, which I had not heard of, it's by a psychologist named uh, Jean Twenge, Uh, and the book, the title of her book is iGen, why today's super connected kids are growing up less rebellious, more tolerant, less happy, and completely unprepared for adulthood, and what that means for the rest of us and this i-gen or gen x uh, she refers to you know is kind of born between 95 and 2010 or 12 and it's just uh, uh this generation uh, that have, have grown up with the the with iphones or phones and you know many of us of course have now lived through this even though it's only uh you know not very old uh, many of us have lived in this new world of smartphones, of uh, being, you know, surrounded by media. We can constantly mediate ourselves with information and podcasts. We can find out things immediately all the time. And uh, it is changing us. It is changing us. And, um, you know, Brett um, in, in, in this book really, you know, considers... Our diet, this idea of the wisdom pyramid, is is kind of built on, this idea is built on the idea of the food pyramid, you know, the food groups that we need to build on. And it's worthwhile to consider, as we consider uh, Peter's, you know, instruction for us to crave spiritual, pure spiritual milk, to just consider what our diet has been, and to do a little assessment. And uh, perhaps we uh, have you know picked up some poor habits and this is what uh brett mcracken uh he he suggests perhaps we are eating too much we are we are just there's just too much filled every moment from uh the from your commute to work whether that's long or short every just every hour of the day can be filled with information we are eating too much we are also eating too fast, he says. Think about uh, how bad you feel when you have to rush and just scarf down all this food, or even consider fast food, uh, which, you know, obviously in the long run, fast food alone, uh, while convenient, is not good for us. Or perhaps we are only eating what tastes good to us. And of course, you may know that so many of the media platforms uh, that we engage with are are tuned to give us more of what we already have. See if and and if we were simply to eat, you know, what we wanted all the time. Uh, I know I would be like a puddle of ice cream with. Um, Ginger molasses cookies. That's that's all I would consume, and and many of these media platforms, all they want to do is give you more of what you are doing. Because why? Because they want to keep you there. They want your attention, and you end up being funneled into uh, specific kinds of information, repeated over and over again. We are eating too much, eating too fast, eating only uh, what tastes good to us. So what? What do we do about this? Well, the answer, or the uh, as Peter continues, we, we get a sense of that. He says, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord has, is good. Uh, I'm sure many of you have um, recommended uh, a restaurant before. Uh, and uh, there are probably, a, you know, just a few responses uh, when you do that, when you wreck uh, a, a restaurant or type of food to someone, maybe they will say, yes, I, 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 I've been there. I've had it. I've tasted it. Yes, it is good. I can't wait. To get back there. Uh, Others, you may need to explain, you know, why this particular thing is special. Maybe they might take you up on it. They might be curious and say, okay, uh, I'll hear you out. Uh, Or perhaps a response is uh, actually, okay, I I believe you. I'm good. uh, But, you know, I I don't think that's for me. Uh, There's a, a sense that taste uh, of of all of so many of the senses that we have, is is is, a, is something that cannot be done in the third person. You need to taste something yourself. I mean, uh, just think of how this again this picture of infant and mother how uh, how how um, intimate it is, and Peter saying and reminding us uh, to go back and to recall of tasting that the Lord is good. And this is a, a reference to uh, Psalm 34. Uh, and and there's a sense of if we've strayed, if we've gone away, if we've picked up bad habits, this, there's a sense of remembering how good God is. Uh, which is also a challenge because perhaps for some of us, we haven't necessarily tasted that the Lord is good. Maybe uh, it's our parents who have, or our spouse who have, or a good friend who have, but we personally have not tasted how good God is. And this is uh, Peter's uh, call to us and encouragement to us to go back and do that. You know, interestingly, in Psalm thirty-four, uh, it's there's actually uh, in the midst of this this phrase and this saying is someone in in. In deep trouble actually and it, it, it's it's not uh, like you know just opening your Bible uh, and, and reading it and engaging it and studying it's not it's just not like it's it's easy going you know it, it can be hard work sometimes uh, it doesn't mean your life will be trouble free at all uh, but it is in fact this nourishing this soul nourishing, uh, wisdom that we need uh, so much, and uh, for Peter, this is not just a matter of 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 information and knowledge, and and even if you think of this phrase "tasting that the Lord is good," you know, uh, of course that would have referred to Yahweh, the the God of Israel, but Peter is thinking about someone. Way more specific, because next he he says uh, in verse four he says now as you come to him a living stone and and we go from this picture of you know a a child and a mother to something quite different this idea of stones and buildings uh, he says as you come to him a living stone. is rejected by by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. See, all along, uh, Peter has in mind uh, the Word of God who is embodied. It is Jesus himself, Jesus the Lord, that he has in mind. And uh, this uh, picture is of, interestingly, a a living stone, which uh, actually I googled. There are there is like some kind of of um, plant that mimics itself like a stone, but this is this is this idea of stones. Think about uh, you know buildings that were made of stones, of rocks. You know those those kinds of inanimate objects, and yet uh, Peter says this is a living stone because Jesus is the resurrected one. But where does and and why does he he? it on this idea of stones as he will you know soon after this he rattles off not one not two but three old testament uh prophecies or or, or verses uh referring to jesus or taken up by jesus and we know peter even preached about this in acts is recorded in acts chapter 4 uh he would have heard it from jesus himself uh jesus as the last week uh, as he enters into Jerusalem before uh, his crucifixion, he is in the temple, and he would look out at the crowds, and in particular the the leaders at the time, and he told this parable uh, of a a a landowner who owned a vine, and, and the vine was a, a very much a picture of Israel, and it says in this parable that this this owner hired um, servants and to to come and to take care of it. And, and and when it was time to collect the fruit, he would send uh, other servants to collect, and and they would uh, reject them. They would beat them down. And this landowner says, "I'm going to send my son. They're going to they're going to accept him. They're going to they're going to respect him." But they end up killing the son. And out of this parable, Jesus, as he's looking out into the crowd of all these leaders, he he says this in Matthew chapter twenty one, verse forty two to forty four. Jesus said to them you have never have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone this was the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes therefore I tell you the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruit and the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. In the Hebrew, there would have picked up this um, this wordplay on sun and stone. In the parable, uh, the tenants they reject the sun, and that that word in Hebrew is ben. And maybe you've heard, you know, someone who's named, you know, something or like. Jacob ben Israel, uh, Jacob, son of Israel. Uh, this, the word for stone is ebon. And so there's this play on words as the tenants uh, reject the son. They are also uh, in, as Jesus cites Psalm 118, uh, they are rejecting the stone, this stone that has been rejected, but that God has place that god has chosen that god sees as precious and places at the cornerstone which means it's it's the foundation it's from which everything else uh finds its plumb line finds its truth and jesus is saying that um, they have rejected uh, this stone of course that is jesus himself uh, but it will be given to others and and really, this is a reminder that there are only two ways forward. It is to see Jesus as marvelous. It is to see him and treasure him, or it is to stumble over him and trip over him. Uh, this is uh, there. There is no other choice. Uh, Judaism commends him as a rabbi, uh, but they reject him as Messiah. Uh, Islam you know, recognize Jesus as a great prophet, but reject him as the son of God and savior. And uh, many all over the world throughout history uh, have uh, either said, you know, Jesus is uh, a pretty good uh, teacher. Uh, He had a lot of interesting things to say, uh, but, you know, you do you. Uh, You know, Jesus is for you. They have not tasted And seen that the Lord is good and Peter makes it um, very explicit this response he says in verse 8 he says they stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do Uh, this is this is a difficult thing Peter is saying as they were destined to do Uh, some it seems, are destined to stumble uh, because they have disobeyed this word. And this is really the difficult side uh, of something that we, we have been celebrating. You know, we, uh, as we mentioned, you know, the, the first uh, greeting of Peter is to these chosen exiles. He calls uh, these churches uh, that he's writing to, the believers that he's writing, he calls them chosen exiles. I'm uh, oh, sorry, elect exiles, which means uh, they're like the chosen rejects, chosen by God, rejected by the word, elect. Uh, and often as we consider this, we many of us who would say, well, God has chosen us, God has elected us. Then we ask, well, wait a minute. If God has chosen me, what about the other person? What about those he hasn't chosen? It is, it is a difficult Uh, A thing to consider and and even as Peter here writes so uh, explicitly that people will stumble over and Jesus himself saying no the the, the rock you may stumble over or it will crush you the sense of crushing judgment so what uh, are we to do with that now some of you are wondering okay uh, we're at this part of the sermon and I'm not sure we're ready to tackle um, a question like this, but if we read on, I, I think I think we do find some resolution, because in the midst uh, of this picture of uh, living Jesus as the living stone, Jesus as a as a stone who uh, becomes the cornerstone, Jesus also as a stone that we can uh, trip over and stumble over, he calls us who, by God's grace, who see him as precious. he, he says now we are also living stones uh, we are also being built up as this house and of course Peter would have the uh, in mind uh, the temple uh, this is where the the sacrifices and the presence of God was concentrated but house was also used in the sense of household and a family and and in the sense that uh, as a spiritual house the sacrifice and and all the activities uh, are around uh, this new Religion that was born out of Judaism now is no longer centered around the temple. And amazingly, in verse nine, he says, uh, "But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession." Peter takes these uh, amazing these 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 uh, these words um, and this identity that God had given specifically to uh, the people of Israel. For example, in Exodus chapter 19 uh they are the israelites they have just they're freshly rescued from egypt they are before mount sinai this is even before the 10 commandments were given and it says this in chapter 19 verse 6 now therefore if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation you can you can hear how, how Peter's taking up uh, this language and applying it in many cases to all these churches to us, many of us, most of us listening today who are not Jewish, and he's saying now this is your new identity you are the people of god you you are the the royal priest think about this royalty kings and queens and priesthood we think of clergy but now he puts together we are the royal priesthood of god now why? why 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 all this language he continues in verse nine this is really important he says that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. See this question of chosen and destiny or uh, predestined for, um, for, for heaven or destined and not chosen for judgment and hell, this hangs over us when we really consider that God is sovereign Uh, and yet in here peter hangs on to to both of these things and he then he he instructs us he says no that you may proclaim the excellencies of him it's not that we would shrink back and say okay let's just stake stick in uh in our community and uh we'll just you know we're just gonna ride it out no 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 Because we have this new identity as God's chosen people and special possession, we are to proclaim, we are to uh, explain, and call out, and and let others know of the excellencies of Him who called us uh, out of darkness and into light. This is our calling. It is not to think, okay, well, uh, this person is in this person. No, no, no. We are to add to the house of God. And this is a great privilege for those of us who do see Jesus as precious, as we see uh, and marvel at his goodness and grace to us. It's not because of anything we've done, but because of uh, his, his own doing that he has caused us uh, as he had said early, to be born again, and we are to add to this family and uh, an encouragement for us. I know uh, I think we often we come back across it because it is here in the scripture, and it's here for us in a moment where I'm sure we feel as the household of God, as the house of God, we have been missing um, gathering together, and uh, even over this past week, uh, you know, in our uh, in our community groups that we've been mixing up. I know that in our group we had different faces uh, and we just caught up with uh, some, you know, with other City Gators. Uh, it was, we could see and, and it was expressed that we we miss being together. We miss being the house of God. We, we miss uh, singing and hearing other voices and uh, uh, our, our, the children's ministry. The children miss uh, the ministry of the teachers and, and their teaching, uh, and yet we continue to hold on to this truth that God has called us out. He has called us to be uh, His own uh, people. A priest, what does a priest do? A priest mediates uh, between people and God. We are a nation of priests called out, and we are to continue to do that. How do we do that? Uh, by longing for the pure spiritual milk by by each one of us individually having that intimate connection with God of reminding and tasting that the Lord is good but also together now as a house as, as living stones put together you know being shaped by God built on the foundation of Jesus saying, there's, there's more, this house is getting bigger, there's more, and we can do that uh, together. Uh, even, I think, in these moments where I'm preaching in uh, my office to you over camera, and although we long to be together, we are trusting, we're trusting that God is good, that he's building his church, uh, that he's continuing to encourage us uh, through his word. And so, as we go, uh, would would you be encouraged to dive dive back in if your if your diet has been misaligned in terms of information and books and entertainment? Uh, would you come back uh, to the word? And would we remind and encourage ourselves uh, even as we go this week again to uh, our jobs or in our works and in our in our community groups to mix it up? Would we encourage each other to continue? to be the church and to proclaim uh, the excellencies of all that he's done for us.